You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the First and Ten Podcast right here on the Blogging the Boys Podcast Network. It is Dave Sturcio. It is Tony Catalina. It is Aiden Davis. We're being powered by SB Nation. How are you guys feeling? The draft has come and gone. Now what the hell are we going to talk about for the next, I don't know, three months? It's going to be a long. we got to find some content. But first, we got to rank and grade this draft. I, I like I think you you said it best, Tony, last week. You were like, "We're going to be the first podcast to really hit your Monday morning." While you basically you you get the, you consume the draft on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you kind of digest it, right? You, you, you look at it. I've done a lot of research today, just a little bit, you know, tidbits here and there about the guys that we're bringing in here, and then obviously first thing Monday morning. It's either time to get on board with some of these guys, or it's time to say like, eh, I don't know, if, I, don't, I don't know how I'm feeling about this. So knee jerk reaction without giving it a grade until the end of this podcast. I'll start with Aiden. How are we feeling? We like like a thumbs up, thumbs down kind of deal. How are we feeling? I'm right now. I'm feeling it kind of like a thumb right in the middle, where like one of these, I, one of these yeah, things. yeah, okay. like wavering because I do see the upside. It seems like they really tried to hit a home run on a lot of these picks, and I don't know if they're going to work out. I really hope they do, but it just seems like they weren't going for middle of the road. They're going for guys that might be a little raw, and they're going for they're swinging for the fences. So I guess I'm happy about it, but it it really this could go either way. Well, you said it on the live stream. According to our, you know, seventy-five hours straight of being live on on vlogging the boys YouTube channel, which it felt like forever. I only went on for a little bit on day what was that? Day two? A little, no, day three. I don't know. I was all over the place. Um, but I felt like you were you were in the in that mentality where you're like, you know what? Let's swing for the fences. Let's take some chances. Let's let's you know we kind of filled some needs. You kind of alluded to the fact that you wanted the Cowboys to do this, no? I wanted them to do that in rounds like four through seven. I didn't, and we'll get <laughs> to the one. first. We'll get to the first round pick later. I didn't necessarily want them to do that with the twenty fourth overall pick. Tony, how are we feeling, man? I mean, the the, the draft has come and gone. It's, you'd have some time now. I mean, you guys, I'm sure, cooked up a million articles and on coverage of all these guys that we brought in. Uh, some we were completely expecting. Some were a little off the wall. Um, how, what's your knee-jerk reaction about the uh, the 2022 draft class for the Cowboys? For me, it made it abundantly clear that they that they had a plan and they were going to stick to it. I mean, it didn't really matter what was there. They didn't matter what, what happened in the draft. The Cowboys had an idea. They stuck to their board. They stuck to what they wanted to do. And, I mean, it was evident because I was live during the first pick, and I'm sitting there with Jermaine Johnson available, and I'm like, man, never did I think this kid would actually be available. This seems like a slam-dunk pick. And they go, Tyler Smith. So in the moment, I'm like, 
all you know, if you listen to anybody that's in the know, they were telling you Tyler Smith was a realistic possibility this entire time. But you would think that the board, a la CD Lamb, you know, something like that would change their mind. And then they get out there and they make the pick of Tyler Smith and they say it's the, he's their 16th best rated player on the board. And I'm just like, all right, well, it looks like they're going to stick to the script. And then Sam Williams, it's the same thing. And Jalen Tolbert. And these are all guys that we heard were a possibility. Um, so for me, I'm. I'm I'm waiting and seeing. I think it's the only thing to do, right? Like you, you look at the thing, they have traits, they have guys that are um prospects that could be home run hits if if things go well, but it's really just about how they're gonna develop them. I know some of the defensive guys are definitely Dan Quinn guys and you know they're trying to build where they got punched in the mouth against the 49ers. So um I you know I can't sit here and say I don't trust Will McClay. So I'm gonna defer to the, the guys that put in a lot of work and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I was going to say, like, last year, I think I think Dallas Cowboys fan and the media uh, were all kind of spoiled over the last couple of years where we were hitting left and right. We were just, you know, we were grabbing the CD lambs of the world and Trayvon Diggs. Like, remember, I don't know if you guys knew this, but there was like a 1% chance that the Cowboys would land Trayvon Diggs where they were, and, and it happened. You know what I mean? So, like, we were totally spoiled with that. And last year may have drafted the the future best player in the league type guy, right? So now you're going into this draft and you go, you know, just the feel is there. Like the 24th pick is not sexy already. Like you're kind of, you got to wait. You're not going to get a top 10, you know, value pick because you're not in the top 10. And that's another thing that I kind of, I caught myself. I'm like, wow, the giant, wow, the Jets are killing it. They better kill it. They're that, they're that early and they got multiple picks. So that's why I'm kind of looking like, what am I talking about here? That's my big takeaway from the weekend is everybody's been pointing to like the rest of the NFC. Like, look, the Eagles killed it with Jordan Davis. Look, the Giants killed it with Kayvon Thibodeau. Look, even the Washington Commanders were able to get Olave. And they're like, everybody, all these three teams beat the Cowboys. But then I was like, well, yeah, the Cowboys won the division. They were they had the worst draft capital of all these teams. And the Eagles had just given away all of their picks in order to draft now. So, like, you're, what did you're you, you expect? Well, you're about to make me have a heart. They did not go to the commanders, right? Like, I, I thought they got Dotson. Dotson. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, please. I know. I know. a long they, weekend already, man. <laughs> they traded okay. out of that pick that ended up being a lave. So, yeah, no, my bad. They got Dotson. But it's just when you look Great. at the capital, the Cowboys were not supposed to win the out of the nfc so i don't know why people are so surprised that all right. the other nfc teams right i mean i think i think the tone was kind of set when uh you know the first in the first night when you knew the giants were gonna grab some premier guys which is whatever you know that they they address all their needs to what i you know first first two picks they addressed their needs when the second round came around i felt like dave gettleman was back making picks over there because i didn't agree with that <laughs> one at all um but when i'm looking at the when I'm looking at the first round as a whole, you know, the Eagles kind of set the tone by making that trade for A.J. Brown. That's what it was. And it really, like, set everybody up like, oh, my God, like, they're really going to get in this now. And, and of course, you know, the talking heads of the world are already talking about the world. This is the Eagles, and they got a, the best shot to win the um, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, keep talking your thing. That's fine. I'm cool with it, whatever. Um, but I just, again, it's just one of those things. Where you, this is all a crap shoot. Nobody knows nothing, right? Well, that's the so, funniest thing. 
that's the funny thing about it, right? Is when you see these guys and, you know, respect to everybody who puts in the work to grade and do all the way more homework than I do. But I always feel a little uncomfortable when everybody's like, they hit a home run in free agency. They hit a home run in the draft, A plus across the board. And then you look and they get six wins on the season or or something <laughs> happens and somebody flops. And it's like, let's pump and the guess brakes. What? Like, and and then next year they get an A plus in the draft again because they're picking in the top ten right. again. <laughs> exactly, and that's what I'm saying. Like, all right, these A pluses. Let's let's see it happen first. I appreciate the content, but let let's not put let's not be crazy here. Yeah, no, I I said that for a while. Like, I, listen, I I probably if I had to rank me, you, and and uh, like Tony, myself, and Aiden as far as like draft knowledge, I'd put myself dead last. And I'll tell you that right now. You know what mm. I mean? Like, you guys dove deep. You're on blogging the boys writing articles, player profiles, this, that, and the third. I'm sitting there studying Connor's freaking 87-page guide, and I'm like, okay, let's see who's what. And, you know, and that's how I went off this. For guys to be out there and say, value here, there's value there. I'm like, first of all, you don't have a clue as to what they're going to do when they get to the next level. So let's all calm down. But guess what? For the sake of that, it's time to now grade <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> draft of 2022. Because obviously, and, and Tony alluded to it, it starts with Tyler Smith. Now, everybody and their mothers saw this going a different way, right? So Tyler Smith is drafted. Uh, the world goes up in arms. Uh, there was multiple people. You know, I got multiple texts saying, and I said, well, you know, I started hearing whispers about this kid literally on draft day. Like, I didn't hear nothing about nothing. And all of a sudden, I think it was in our Slack uh, over blogging the boys, like our group chat. Where all of a sudden it's like, don't be surprised if it's Tyler Smith. And I'm like, Tyler, what? You know, like, what's happening here? So that's the pick. Um, it goes down at 24th. Um, listen, a lot of cool things to know. You know, raised in Fort Worth. You know, he's he's going to begin his NFL career at guard. Like, that's the that's the cool thing. Um, I'm looking at some comps here. Looking at a Kyle Long, uh, a Charles Cross, and a Penny Sewell. Everybody's saying that he's the toughest dude in this draft as far as blocking right the the critique have been okay you know the cowboys were the most penalized team last year oh by the way also commits a boatload of penalties right so very raw um you know again he's going to be moving out of position right away you would assume that he competes for the left guard spot against connor and even a couple guys they got down the road i mean they they will talk about them before, you know later on but they got like a Titan Tower that's coming into the Dallas Cowboys. Like six, eight. Uh, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. But overall, I'll start with Tony. You're grading this what going in? 20. It's him. It's the guy. He's our now left side, whether he backs up Tyron or starts at left guard. How do you feel this went? I got to say it's a C. And that's honestly uh, me coming around a little bit more. I thought it was lower initially because of what was available. What Because of they just didn't let the board fall to them like they tell us they do. In this instance, they had a guy in mind, and they went and they picked him regardless of what happened. So everything that I really have to say about Tyler Smith is really not his fault or his problem, really. It's, you know... If somebody wants to take him in the first round and all indications from everybody we trust say that he was going to go in the first round, whether it's the Cowboys or not. But at the same time, the first round pick, you want a guy to be a little more polished, somebody that's going to be able to come right away and come in and uh, and help you. Um, and th there's a real chance that he's going to do that. Right. Like you said, like he's penciled in as the starting left guard um, with the future of kicking outside whenever whatever happens in that situation a couple of years down the road. But he has some things that he has to work on. So I'm a, I'm a little skeptical just because um, 
is Joe Philbin the guy to get these guys you know ready to go in the offensive line? So now you're putting the faith in we have a moldable clay guy. Like you said, nasty edge. You know, the guy plays with a mean streak, which is awesome. You love to see that from your offensive lineman. Off the field seems like an outstanding person, someone you can easily root for. But what it comes down to in the first round, it, it was it was it felt like a reach. It felt like an, a meh pick at the time. And I would love to be proven wrong, but right now I have to give it a C. Aiden, how do you feel about this one, man? Yeah, I when the pick initially went through, I've like most Cowboys fans were just like confused for a little bit but the more i started reading into it i'm i think i'm higher on this guy than most people just because i think i've said it every week leading up to this i wanted the cowboys to in this draft address guard and address the tackle of the future when tyron smith and terrence stale terrence Steele inevitably leaves i think they did that in one pick right if this guy can come in and be the guy that we expect him to be he's going to be a guard this year with the prospect of kicking out to the tackle in the future that's huge um, and the fact, my big thing is the fact that they didn't trade back really told me something because in the past they haven't been last year. They weren't afraid to trade back, take Micah Parsons and they weren't, they weren't afraid to trade back to take Travis Frederick and risk him getting picked. They didn't want to risk this guy losing, losing him to Tennessee or uh, the Bengals, any, any of those teams that were picking behind him. And so to me, that tells me they have a lot of confidence in this guy. The two things that give me a little bit of pause is number one. I really don't like the fact that they left Landerbaum on the board. Maybe mm. I'm wrong about him, but I literally picked the really, next pick after. I was really mad when the Ravens took him with one one pick later. And Tony alluded to it. His hands, he's really raw in terms of his hand placement. He's you talked about it, Sturge. He draws a lot of penalties. And so we're really putting a lot of faith in Joe Philbin to develop him right. I do. I have a little bit of question. I have questions about that. And so I give this pick a B minus because I am happy about it, but there, there's some question marks remaining. I'm going to split. This. Uh, I think, you know, Tony gave it a C, you gave it a B minus. I'll go as high as C plus on this one specifically just because of the fact that yes, Lyndon bomb was there. And um, you know, that was the, guy. like, that was one of my wish list guys. I was like, this has to, happen. and because it didn't, that leaves me, you know, sour going into the pick. But again, you digest it. I mean, <laughs> you guys were on the, the receiving of a tech from a uh, good old search, a couple Miller lights in, you know what I mean? I was like, this is crap. You know what am I, you know, so I, I, I'm well aware that I jumped the gun sometimes and maybe, you know, I, you know, a little bit outlandish on Twitter at times. What are you going to do? You know, the, the free speech, right? Thanks, Elon. Uh, but anyway, so I look at this pick and I, and I see that, you know, they did address an absolute need. Connor Williams leaves. You got to insert somebody. Is Connor McGovern the guy to just insert? Maybe that's still the case. Maybe day one, it still is Connor McGovern for whatever reason, right? But now you got somebody to push him. Um, I like the pick, addressing of the need. And I like the fact that, you, like you said, Aiden, you know, it does address two needs all in one the fact that he's versatile and the fact that the Cowboys did not hesitate when they said, like, look, this guy's going to play the left side. You know, like, that's it. Like, he's going to either play left foot, guard or tackle. No, if ands, or buts, he's going to be there for us. He's one of our guys now. And then the press conference couldn't have been better. I think his intro press conference was very good. Kid's well-spoken. Kid's very happy to be here. So um, he was a Saints fan, by the way. So that that's also very cool. The fact that he's not like Mr. Like, I love the Cowboys forever. You know, like, and don't get me wrong. Though that, I'm all for it. But the fact that he's he's very authentic, very truthful, has a good support system. I'm going to like this pick. I'm going to like this pick. But I'll give it a C-plus purpose of the fact that we had um, 
more highly touted options on the board. I'm not going to say they're better because nobody knows exactly how they're going to play out, but highly touted options on the board when he was picked. That's the only reason why I won't go anywhere in the B range. So, all right. So we move it on to another um, big need because of the fact that we lost Randy Gregory. Um, there's an edge rushing need, right? We go out and get Fowler and we're all excited. Some, some of us more than others about the fact that, you know, you reunite Fowler with Dan Quinn and this is going to be fun. And then you got Dorrance Armstrong with a new deal at round two, pick number 56 overall, Sam D Williams. <laughs> we're going to go D Williams here. Um, he, he changed his name literally, um, on the blog in the boys YouTube. Um, so that was pretty interesting. Uh, but we draft him second overall couple comps, uh, which is, Notable athleticism comps, believe it or not, Kayvon Thibodeau, Shaq Lawson, Jermaine Johnson. He's very similar to some of these other guys. Um, this is somebody that the Cowboys have coveted for a little You saw a lot of articles kind of popping up in and out uh, about the fact that they liked him. He's one of the better pass rushers in college football in 2000. The big, you know, off the field red flag. Obviously, there's a little bit of an issue uh, a couple years back. You know, obviously, everything's kind of done now, but you know how these things kind of sometimes you know, peek into their careers. You don't know, but um, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think we'll be fine in that regard. I'll start with this one um, just because, you know, I feel like it. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at this pick. I'm looking at edge rusher being a need. I like the kid. First of all, if, if you told me him and Micah Parsons were brothers, I would say, yes, you're right. Cause they look literally identical face and everything. It's crazy. Um, will we have the same result that we got with Micah Parsons? I don't know. This is a second round pick. Um, I do like his grittiness. Um, I'm going to give this one a B minus. I'll go into this because second round, a lot of people are saying reach here um, because he could have probably been taken in the third. I don't know about that. I don't know if he gets us in the third. I think if you coveted him enough and you like your guy and like Tony alluded to in the beginning of this show, uh, they had a plan. So if that was part of their plan and he was part of the plan, D Williams is the guy to go with. Um, Aiden, how do you feel about this pick? Yeah, this one I'm not as, I don't think I'm as high on as the rest of the general Cowboys community. My issue with Sam Williams is watching, going in and watching his tape, he really relies on his strength. Like, this is a high athleticism guy. He's fast and he's, pound for pound might be one of the strongest defensive ends in this class. The only issue is he really relies on that strength. He doesn't really seem to have a lot of get around the edge moves, dip his body, get like get around the offensive tackle. So he's also, he, he has a little bit inconsistent in the run game. And so the good news is you have Dan Quinn to coach him up. If you, you're going to tell me you have one guy to coach this, to reach his potential, I'd want it to be Dan Quinn. But you pair the fact that he's like, he's a little bit raw, relies a lot on his strength with the fact that I do think that there were bigger needs. I would have liked us to take a linebacker with this pick specifically one to Kobe Dean. Mm. I'm still, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I still like the upside. I'm going to go C plus but wavering between a C to a C plus, but okay. I have to, I'm, I'm into it. Yeah. And like I said, just by hearing, he was actually, he joined uh, the blog and the boys YouTube channel for a couple minutes. Uh, told us about the name change, but again, another kid that looks like, Head screwed on right, ready the ball, ready to give you everything he's got. Um, that's what you need. We need some high quality, high character, and we need some guys that can be bullies. You know, like we got we got punched in the mouth against San Francisco in multiple ways. And so far in the first two rounds, I feel like Dallas is saying, you're not going to punch us again. Not like that. You know, if you get these guys, and I think the good thing about a guy like D. Williams, 
he's not going to be asked to come in right away and be your opening first game edge rushing starter opposed to Demarcus Lawrence. He's got a nice little rotation um, around him. You know what I mean? So I think because of that and the, the guys he can learn from, I think this kind of benefits him in a really good way. Tony, what say you, bro? Uh, you know, Aiden, I'm kind of echoing a lot of what his sentiment in this. I think my grade initially, you know, even before he said that was a C plus, I, I, the way I've been looking at the grading system, at least I was looking at it is you, you say that you don't think he would have been to 88 and there may a chance uh, he may not have been. I just think, you know, based on 56 to 88, there's a gap there. I think it was a little bit of a reach. It was based on Dan Quinn going to bat for a guy that he really liked. I think those, that film came out with Dan Quinn was working with him. You could just tell that this is somebody he believes that he can really mold right. into something and he's definitely got some moldable traits i mean this kid is like aiden said athletic um freaky kind of athletic um strong as an ox he's the type of dude that like you said you don't have many pass rushing moves um but he's beaten guys like charles cross he's going against other guys that you know have been highly touted have been drafted early and fared well against them also Ole Miss didn't do him any favors when he was lining up at like a four eye or over the tackle and he's banging bodies from the jump, right? He's not really getting off. He's not being able to get any pass rush moves. It really won't be the same instance when he's here in Dallas. Um, it's a scary sight to think about, you know, a pass rush package that's going to incorporate Demarcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons, and, you know, D Williams in this situation where, you know, there's going to be pin your ears back on, you know, third and long and some chances to really get after it. So um, I think early on, like Aiden said, he may be, he may struggle a little bit in the run game, but I think the Cowboys will put him in a, opportune system and opportune plays to make plays in the passing game. So um, my grade of a C plus isn't really much about him. It's more so the value of the pick looking at how the board falls. And again, the Cowboys don't care what I think they were picking the guys they wanted. Didn't matter how the board fell. Absolutely. Another, yeah. another example of the fact that D Williams got no help at Ole Miss is like, he was all the defense had at Ole Miss. Like it was, D. Williams, end of list. He so they were doubling him. They were doing anything they can to make sure he wasn't a factor. And he and he and still so, was able to put a lot on tape. Yeah, that, exactly. All right, so that's um the first two. Now let's go on to probably my favorite pick. To be honest with you, I, I don't know about you guys, and I won't grade first. We'll go this opposite order again. Tony with uh, in the third round, the Dallas Cowboys at pick number eighty-eight. Just so. 88th pick which is again you 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 get excited you think about all the 88s on the cowboys and all that stuff so it kind of fits that we took a wide receiver jalen tolbert out of south alabama vertical threat he could play all three spots um he won player of the year in 2021 two-time first team all um he's expected to fill the veil of one cedric that's the kind of that's the mold i kind of get and the feel i kind of get when we're bringing a, a guy like this Tony, we took a receiver in the third round. How do you feel about it? Honestly, I think we're on the same page there. I think it was my favorite pick, and it's not because he came on the show. It's not because he was yeah, well, a cool dude. Yeah, it was cool that, you know, we get to interview him. But besides that, I think everybody that was on the live show, I think we all collectively fist pumped. We were pumped. I think it was we knew we had to come out with some type of playmaker and the board fell well for us in round three. It wasn't a reach. They let the board come to him. It was a guy that is going to help. And if you saw his film throughout the year, um, you know, Connor alluded to it on the show. He went to Southern Alabama, but it wasn't because he had a lack of options. The kid wanted to play baseball. And think about how the translation of an outfielder to being a wide receiver to track 
footballs. Like, you know, they always say being a two-way athlete is so beneficial. And I think in this case, he it really does help. I mean, the kid is ripped up. If you've seen him, his physique, he, he's the kid. He's an impressive physique. He's an impressive athlete. Um, he went to the Senior Bowl with that Southern Alabama helmet on. People probably talking, you know, not thinking much of it. And he went out there and he carved up some of these Senior Bowl corners. So um, I was it was a home run pick for me, I have to say, an A. Oh, hey, I like it. Our first A of the board. And I have to put a extra tidbit out there. Tony wouldn't do it because he's a Red Sox fan. Uh, this gentleman was a fan <laughs> growing up. So let's all be let's <laughs> all be okay with that. And as we record right now, the Yankees just won their eighth straight game. So we're rolling over there in New York. <laughs> uh, anyway, Aiden, how are we feeling about this kid? Yeah, so the entire draft process, I was very anti-draft or receiver. Like the, I've been waving the flag of I didn't want a first-round receiver, I didn't want a second-round receiver, and I was even in the boat of a third-round receiver would kind of give me a little bit of pause. With that said, I love this pick so much. Just watching his highlight, it's for me the reason I like this pick so much is because Tolbert can do exactly what the Cowboys need right now. Like if. If Gallup misses some time, Tolbert's going to take the top off a of defense. Like he's not, he can high point the football and he's going to be great at going up and catching the ball, but just using his speed alone, he takes the top off a of defense. He creates yards after the catch. He's not necessarily going to break tackles, but he's shifty enough to make a guy miss in the open field. And he's going to be also just great in the intermediate routes, played a little bit of slot. So anything you want him to do based off his college tape, he can do it just fine. And so that's the reason that I like it. I'm gonna I'm gonna whisper this comparison because watching his tape, I don't I'm not making this comparison, but he really reminded me of like an Antonio Brown, where like he uses his speed in ways that he can just do everything, and his body control and catches is just amazing to watch. And so I'm giving this pick an A as well. I. Didn't I was I was opposing a receiver, but the fact that they were able to get Tolbert in the third, it thrilled me. Yeah, and and based off of what we learned about Tolbert by interviewing him and, and hanging out with him for a couple minutes, it doesn't seem like he's the type to strip down on the sidelines and run off the field like Antonio Brown. So I think we're in good standings there when it comes to him just being an overall good dude and not a head case like Antonio Brown. Um, but I'm with you guys. I'm giving this pick an A. Um, we were really, you know, banging on the table for a third round receiver uh, when I was live with these guys. Uh, I think you all were there, right? Tony was there. I think to Aiden, you were there. I lost track. I don't. I don't think Aiden was there for the thirty third. I mean, for the eighty eighth pick, but we were both there for sure. Okay, so yeah, me and you were there. Aiden was not. Okay, well, no big deal. Anyway, we were all excited about it when he came in. This is a big deal. Now, the only question I had, and I wanted to bring this up on the live stream. Um, is that now all of a sudden, oh, Aiden's out. Um, all of a sudden is, is that I see, um, the wide receiver room getting, you know what I mean? Like all of a sudden, like you draft one receiver and I know you sign a bunch, you know, the, the unrestricted, uh, undrafted free agents or whatever, but like, I'm looking at this and I'm seeing like, hold on all of a sudden, like, let's just for the sake of argument, say that Michael Gallup is good to go. Right. So now you got CD Gallup. James Washington. Now you add a uh, Tolbert and then you have a Noah Brown and then, you know what I'm saying? So all of a sudden we're getting a little crowded again, which is good. Uh, you know, when you're going into a season, you want um, that you have enough depth there. And I've addressed an absolute need um, 
for this position uh, and of the receiver. The cool part was, um, you know, Dak Prescott contacting this kid, you know, a couple days or whatever it was previous to the draft and saying that, you know, or at least starting to talk about gelling as a defensive unit before we even had him on our roster. So I think that was pretty badass of, uh, of Dak to reach out. So uh, while we wait for Aiden, we're going to move on to the fourth round um, where the Dallas Cowboys had another pick in which, again, there was – I want to say – I'm not sure about – what um what other guys were on the uh, on this the uh, board at the time, Tony? But we're talking about tight end uh, with pick number one hundred fourth round, Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin. Uh, three things to know, and look, and just so you know, I'm not making up these facts. This is all from Patrick Walker, actually, CBS Sports. He's uh you know he's my go to for a lot of stuff, and obviously you can go over to bloggingtheboys.com. Everybody covers everybody over there too. Uh, holds the Wisconsin record for most games with a catch, so obviously he's consistent in that regard star recruit and he uh hails uh from a strong football lineage so the kids in his uh repertoire to be um uh, you know a decent pass catching tight end in this league um the only thing i could say is you know i didn't want a tight end because i didn't want anybody to mess with our boy sean McEwen and of course dalton schultz yeah i like these tight ends and of course there's jeremy which is great you know he's more for the blocking and and, and more of the body type um, but I'm looking at this pick and I'll start with it. I'll give it the B minus scratch that I'll give it a C plus because uh, again, value, um, tight end was to me, tight end was not a need. Like, I, I don't know why a lot of these guys were on the draft show saying we need a tight end. We need a tight end. We need a tight end. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, you know? And I guess they're looking at the Dalton Schultz contract situation really at the, at the all breaks down because look, Schultz is playing on the tag right now. And we don't know if there's going to be a long-term deal worked out anytime soon. So you kind of wonder, like, is it just Sean McEwen at the end of the day? So I guess they addressed a need here in that regard. Um, but I'll just start off, and I'll, I'll give it the C-plus for that reason. Uh, uh, Aiden, what say you? Welcome back, by the way. <laughs> I'm. It's ironic because for every pick, I was a little bit hesitant because all the guys they drafted, like I said, were high athleticism, high ceiling like low floor type of guys. This is the one pick where it's kind of, it's the exact opposite. They just picked a guy who we probably know what he's going to turn into. There's not much variation. And I just, I don't like it because like you said, I didn't see tight end as a need. I'd love us to retain Dalton Schultz at the end of the year. I think he's a great tight end for my money. He's a top seven tight end in the NFL. And I don't think you let a guy like that go. And so I think, Ferguson's he's an okay blocker he's an okay receiver he's has okay athleticism it's, it's just all kind of middle of the road here and so considering the fact that you already have a tight end who I think is I mean we'll see what Ferguson turns into nobody really knows but my money he's probably not going to evolve into a better tight end than Schultz and compare that with the fact that it's not really a need I give it a C minus on this one Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place 
to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we got a C and a C plus and a C minus. Uh, Tony, are you willing to go as far as in the B range for for a tight end in the fourth round? I actually am. I, I rated oh, this a B. I rated this a B minus. I think it's because more so. This is again just looking at the roster construction. I think they enjoy Sean McCune, You know, a fan of the show. Um, but at the same time, I think they really value him as a tight end three. I think they like what he brings on special teams. I think that he's a nice, you know, change of pace, tight end guy going there, get a blow. Um, but I think what they wanted is to get back to the two tight end sets. And right now, I don't know if they viewed Sean McCune as that uh, equivalency to Dalton Schultz on the side. And it's funny because a lot of comparison for Jake Ferguson is um, similarly to Dalton Schultz. Not, the, the Cowboys don't draft tight ends with much wiggle. You know what I mean? They're not really the most athletic bunch, but um, they do – think that he although he's not a great blocker they do think ferguson is a willing blocker and i don't know if there's many tight ends on this roster that you could give that accolade to um i think you know he has enough athleticism careful, to- careful. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you know i think that i think he has the willingness to block i think that he has enough enough athleticism to get open and i think the cowboys really do enjoy that package of having two tight ends out there i mean just think about a um a scenario where it's you know, in this scenario, Jalen Tolbert, CD Lamb with those two tight ends out there, you know, Zeke in the back. So I think that's how they want to play. And I think that it just goes into their, their mindset thinking that they want to be physical and they want to be big up front. I think he kind of fits that mold. All right. All right. That's the other offensive weapon for Dak Prescott. We'll see how many reps this rookie minicamp gets around. We're going to actually get a, a good look at a lot of these skill position players. Now, the Cowboys jump into the fifth round with five uh, picks. All right. They start one off 155. Matt, let's go. And that's uh, offensive tackle out of North Dakota. This guy is a brick house. Okay. Second team, all Missouri Valley Conference honoree, team captain at North Dakota, at least <laughs> as a receiver, uh, in, in at least one. So, He's uh, he could go into the Hulk package if we uh, you know decide to stick around with this one. Um, I think with the tackle, you never have enough. To be honest with you, with this offensive line, the way they shuffle things, uh, you do need depth. And I think you know, obviously, we drafted one in the first round. They could do kind of two things. We need more. We need more, and that's why I'm okay with this. I'm going to give this a pick a B minus. The guy's strength and size is a little ridiculous. That um, I, I 
I saw one picture and I was like, what the hell? You know, like this guy is relatively big. Um, so I like the pick. I like it in the fifth round because, again, a lot of these people, you know, attack me on Twitter saying, you know, how many fifth round picks actually pan out, right? And that's true. Like, there's nothing, there's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. That these later round picks, sometimes they don't work out, sometimes they do, you know, uh, i.e., greatest quarterback of all time, right? So, and sometimes some of these late round stabs work. I like this for depth. I'll give it a B minus. Aiden, what say you, bro? Yeah, I'm, I, I think this is the first one we're all going to like, at least two of us are going to agree on. I'm giving it a B minus as well. I really like the upside of this pick. Maybe he comes in competes with Terrence Steele down the road. I don't think it's going to happen in year one. And I mean, we'll see what happens with Tyler Smith. Maybe he evolves into the, uh, the tackle that um, replaces I Tyron Smith or Terrence Steele. But I do think while Esco can compete for, a starting job one day. I mean, this is once again, assuming that Joe Philbin develops him correctly, because I mean, this guy's massive and based off his college tape, I mean, small school, but he was a very solid blocker. And so, I mean, his ceiling is a guy that, I mean, once to find this type of ceiling in the fifth round, in my opinion, is a great move for the Cowboys. I mean, there are some question marks, but I like the pick I'm giving it a B minus. Tony. Yeah. Um, it's tough to hate fifth round picks cause you're throwing darts a little bit, you know, um, you're not, I mean, pick one fifty five and late, I mean, you're talking about late round picks. You're kind of hitting lottery with these guys sometimes, but, um, I say a, a C plus, I think, you know, for me, it's, um, I, I don't hate it. I mean, the, the kid seems to be an athletic, athletic, freak i mean as far as his measurables and the way he tested like you're going for traits you're going for you know something you can mold um you, you gotta like what he can bring in that aspect um what i thought was interesting was jerry and them saying how they're out of the veteran swing tackle market they think it's going to be tyler smith and they think it's going to be this guy so for me it's um it's interesting. I mean, the Cowboys must like what they see. And, um, you know, playing at a lower competition, I think once he gets the pads on at a high level and, you know, it's the Marcus Lawrence and it's, you know, Dante Fowler, we'll be able to really see what he's made of. But, you know, you can't hide the being six, eight, you can't hide being an athletic freak. Um, it can translate. And, you know, th this could be another one of those late round picks where the Cowboys really um, hit a home run with. I like it. I like the analysis. That's good. All right, staying in the fifth round, obviously, uh, about, what is this, 12 picks later, pick at 167, and the cornerback out of Fresno State. Um, I got away because I thought the corner slash safety slash anything was definitely necessary for them to throw some darts. He does rub uh, run a sub-4540. Uh, he was an official 30 visit for the Cowboys. I know this kid a little bit. Um, and now, here's just based off the report I'm reading right now, a conversion to safety is possible uh, with this kid. He's long. Uh, he makes plays in the open field, which is exactly what you need. Um, and you need a little bit of that grit. So right off the rip, again, late round pick, fifth round dart based off college tape. I'm going to give this one another B minus. I'm going to say that this is a good value for this pick. And I like what I saw. I like what I saw. So, and again, he joins a quarterback group right now where there are a little bit of a question mark in regards to Kelvin Joseph. We don't know what's going to happen with that. If we do lose him for a couple games due to, you know, Goodell being who he is against the Cowboys, you know, we're going to need some depth. So 
I think this is a, definitely a need in the back end of our cornerback room. Um, I say he makes the team. I, I like the again, that's a very it is can I say that. So it's it's also very to say that he's gonna make the the, the you know opening day squad, but again, for the fifth round and addressing a need, cornerback was definitely the way to go. Aiden, how do you feel? Yeah, I'm I was okay with them addressing cornerback. I thought that I mean you do have question marks and you're talking about a fifth round pick, so there's no there's no problem taking a shot on a cornerback that you never know what you got. My only issue with this pick is that I do think, and I know they didn't have a seventh round pick, but they could have, if they really wanted this guy, I think they could have waited to the seventh round, maybe even snagged him into an undrafted free agency. I think this was a little bit of a reach on him. So I think that if they wanted to, they could have like traded this pick for a seventh rounder and maybe pick up like a fourth or a fifth next year. I'm I'm okay with the pick, but I also think, and I could be wrong about this. I think Tariq Woolen was still on the board at this point, and so he was. I, there was there was some other guys that I would have preferred here. I'm giving this pick a a C, maybe a C plus. I'm I'm saying a C. It's it's okay. They call you the professor here at blogging the boys, and I would <laughs> say that I would fit. Anyway, uh, Tony, about the Dallas Cowboys taking a cornerback in the fifth round. Aiden, we're almost in lockstep with that. I mean, I actually had him a little lower because of the things you mentioned. So I had it at a C minus grade. I thought, you know, they could have got him in the sixth round. Now, I'm not mad at a team and a player for getting picked in the fifth round. Like you said, they're just trying to get guys that they like, they brought in. So they, they see something in a guy. And if they want to throw a dart at a fifth rounder, who am I to say? So for me, it's not the player that gets a C minus. It's kind of the position and the and where they got him. So I'm a little, you know, like I said, I thought they could have got him in the sixth. You're saying you felt they could have got him in the seventh. So I think we're kind of saying the same thing here. But um, I the, like to have in the position flex to be able to play safety, to play corner. Like like uh, Sturt said, the kid can make this team based off that. I think this kid is, you know, special teams, he's going to have to make a name for himself. He has the physical traits and ability to do that. And also being able to play multiple spots in the back end of the defense is only going to carve him out a role in this league. So it's hard to not like the player and what he can bring. I say a C- minus only because of where they took him. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I could say about this is the fact that they had four, five, like four fifth round picks, so that you know they're gonna literally like put fold on and say, all right, who's the guy? You know, at least a position room. Um, we need a corner. Bang. Okay, one of these guys. He's okay. Grab him. So I think like knowing that they didn't have a seventh round pick, right? And you have this, you know, knowing where they are in the draft is why I think you take the shot at a kid like this. So, speaking of risks, okay, uh, the next pick that we took is five pick number 176 line of LSU um Damone Clark okay now what people are saying about did I say his name right by the way it's Damone right yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like oh shit uh first all SEC three years started at LSU uh the problem he underwent spinal fusion surgery um in let's see in uh Early, early this year. So his surgery, his status for 2022 is in a little bit of doubt. Now you ask Stephen Jones and he's going to be like, yeah, hell yeah, he's playing. Okay. You're like, all right, pump the brakes. The guy literally didn't have a neck about three weeks ago. So let's all calm down. <laughs> playing the sport of football. I don't know if that's possible, but the pick here is all about value. When this kid is healthy, 
The kid is a monster. From what I've read and what I've seen, he was a finalist in uh, one of the best linebackers in, in college, along with Cox. Like, they were teammates, you know what I mean? So now they're reunited. Um, again, 2022 in a little bit of jeopardy. I don't even see this as like a Jalen Smith type thing. Like Jalen Smith, obviously dropped foot. You know what was going on with him, with his knee. We took a chance on him real early and it didn't pan out. This is a fifth round potential with some people had second grades on this kid. So there was a lot of optimism. I'm going to give this, I think it's my only second A, but off of the potential and not so much this year, I'm giving it for the Cowboys to grab and take this risk. Do I wish they would have took the risk like this with Neil? Yeah. Uh, not Neil. Yeah, Neil, right? No, not Neil. Nicole Dean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did that last week. I don't know why I keep doing that. Nicole Dean would have did that earlier, but I kind of like this one too. And and when push comes to shove, we have this draft, you know, five, ten years down the road. Maybe this kid winds up better than what the hell? Nicole <laughs> Dean. <laughs> Yeah, let my brain go blow a second. Um, anyway, I'm giving this pick an A. Aiden, are you as optimistic as, as I am as far as the future is concerned? I absolutely am optimistic. Like when we were talking on the live stream where I wanted them to take dart throws like high upside with these fifth round picks, this is exactly what I had in mind. A guy that probably would have been a second round pick if not for an injury or like whatever. And that's exactly what they got with the Monk Clark. They got a guy who, like you said, was a roughly second-round talent before he underwent this surgery. And the fact that they signed LVE to me now is huge. Like, he can play another year on this deal. LVE was fine over the back half of the year. Sure, he's not going to be an all-pro, but he's going to do the job while Damone Clark, he heals up, hopefully. I mean, we'll see when he comes back. But I love this pick. I Apparently, the Joneses have a type. I think Micah Parsons might go down as the only linebacker that Joneses have ever drafted that didn't have injury concerns when they <laughs> came onto the team. And so, but overall, I like this pick. Fifth round dart throw. Take a guy who you don't know what's going to happen in the future. And if he hits his upside, it's huge. So, yeah. So, it, the, the problem with going last with a bunch of uh, Wait, good, hold on, smart. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. I, oh, I don't think oh. I got a grade. I'm Oh, my bad. A minus. A minus. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. All right. So A and an A minus. And now, obviously, Tony's about to ruin everybody's day. So go ahead. No, no. I was actually, you guys cut me off mid uh, mid compliment. I was saying the problem with uh, going last with some smart football fans and, uh, you know, football guys is I'm going to sound redundant. I think this is exactly what uh, a fifth round pick should look like. This is a guy who, by all accounts, was a shoe-in top 100 pick. This is a guy that is would not have been there. Like, we would have had to take him early and often if he didn't have this injury. Um, so, for me, it's a it's a home run pick. I'm going to give it a B-plus just because there is some inherent risk with this. Like, this kid come and play. If he plays halfway through the season or even the start of next year, this pick becomes an A-plus in my book. But the fact that, you know, there is a chance that he may never play again and that's a risk, whatever, it's a B-plus for me. But this kid paired with Micah Parsons, with Jabril Cox, these could be our three linebackers for the next five, six years, like more than that. So I really do appreciate this. This is exactly what I'm looking for in the fifth round. I know that the second round they try to use sometimes to be like different. Nah, man, if you got if you got four fifth round picks, this is the type of guy you select. So I was very happy with this selection. 
All right, so there's a con strong consensus, at least from the three of us, uh, that it was a, a very, very good pick. Some strong upside, of course, there's risk involved. Um, and that's with every pick. I don't care. I mean, yeah, the guy had spinal fusion surgery, so a little bit more on the physical side of this. But every single one of these picks, there's a risk involved. Um, now, one of my favorite Cowboys last year was an unsung hero that got hurt. And I now if he's going to be brought back, and that's Brett Urban. Reason being is I think they just took his uh, a Jace in John Ridgeway, nose tackle at R. Okay. First, let's call it history how it is. First Razorback drafted from the Cowboys, Felix Jones in 2008. By the way, did I own a Felix Jones jersey? Gosh darn right I did. Uh, he won his wrestling title uh, at Bloomington, uh, Bloomington High School. Remember freshman All American. He's a, the guy, he's just, he's a, he's, nasty guy there is a notable comp of akeem hicks that is the kind of comp you want to hear um when it comes to a nose tackle and in a in a team where we thought you know uh stopping the run was a big time priority here and, and we we did improve on the year before but we still kind of had that as one of our bugaboos and wanted to make sure that we solidified this they bring in a, a absolute monster in the fifth round I like the pick. I'll give it a B minus just because of the fact that now we're getting late into the draft. It's the last pick in the fifth round. So now you truly don't know what you're going to get. But here's a guy that all of a sudden I saw a Collinsworth. Here's a guy. Now, like I'm looking at this guy that was at the one of the one. I guess I don't know which ball it was, but he met Jerry Jones a long time ago. He told him, you know, hey, you're going to draft me and hey, I'm going to take over the Cowboys one day, blah, blah, blah. Gets all that player speak that and it comes to fruition. So, boom, we're here. And all of a sudden, Ridgeway is a cowboy. I'm giving it a B. What did I say? B plus. I'm giving it the B, B plus, right? B plus. I'm giving it the B plus or Ridgeway or B minus. What did I say? That's what I heard. You know, <laughs> B minus it is. I'm taking that. Tony, I'll let you go second now so you don't feel like you're redundant. How about that? Well, I'm, I'm glad you didn't say B plus because I said B plus. That's what ah, I'm saying. Right. So, you know, so I this is I love this pick. I think this is a guy that if the Cowboys took earlier, I wouldn't have had a problem with. I love his tenacity. I love the nastiness he's going to bring to the interior. We need that. We need a guy who's going to tell you I'm going to go, you know, break your neck and actually go do it. So that's, you know, one of his post you know draft quotes. Um, he said he's going to go out there and break some neck. So I love that from a nasty guy. You know, he he's not afraid to, to get. Um, to get physical inside there. And I think, like you said, I think we're all in the camp to bring Brent Urban back. But if this kid pans out, um, you know, it, it may not be necessary. And, um, you know, it, the, to stay in that whole realm of fifth round picks, you're taking chances. Obviously, this kid was there for a reason, but I don't know if, you know, he should have gone this late. I think the Cowboys did a hell of a job grabbing him here. And uh, I'm going to sit here with a uh, B plus for John Ridgeway. Aiden, how are you feeling about Ridgeway, man? Yeah, we're going to nail all the picks in the B. I'm giving it just a flat out B. I I mean, we've all seen the most common word used to describe him is just mean and that excites me from a defensive lineman. I want your de I want our defensive line just to be straight up mean and bully the other offensive line. I think he's going to be a if he pans out the way we expect him to, I think he's going to be a nice addition to the run defense which we know was the weaker aspect of this team in 2021. So, I really like the fit here just a football player that's going to go out and bully the opposing offensive line. Hopefully my only issue with the pick is, and I mentioned this on the live stream. I don't like the fact that they keep just punting on defensive tackle until late in the draft and just hope that somebody they like falls into yeah. their lap. I want that to change really soon where they're not afraid to take a defensive lineman with the second, third, maybe a first round pick. The Eagles did it this year. 
And so, I mean, that's my it's gonna, you concern. know, it's going to, it's going to come down to how they, how, how they perform this year where they're going to be like, yeah. all right, look, we can't, we, we can't ignore this again. Like we have to really start digging deep or at least spend some money in free agency and get a guy that, you know, Fletcher Cox was out there for about four minutes. So if you really wanted to take a flyer on a big dude that can clog the middle, he's one of the guys, you know what I mean? Ridgeway's comp, Akeem Hicks, I think is still a free agent. There you go. So maybe we should bring his comp in too, just for shits and gigs. <laughs> um, anyway, so we move on to the sixth round here. Uh, linebacker home state with the 195th pick of the draft draft Devin Harper. Okay. At Oklahoma state. Like I just said, he was already visit uh, for the Cowboys. He's got some special teams value. He's above average for athleticism for his position. Um, according to Patrick Walker. Now look, there was a big, big, um, a good grade here. According to, you know, you, you, I don't know how much I consider or put stake in these grades as far as like the, the rating system uh, for pro football focus and other, you know, other, uh, notable, incredible uh, websites, things, but this kid was great, pretty high. So we got him here in the sixth round. Um, I'll give it because it's the sixth round, and you're literally taking one. Of, this was the last pick, I believe, right? I don't think they had anymore. Yeah. So this is the last pick they had yeah. because it's their last pick, and because of the value in the special teams aspect, which again, you can never have too many special teams guys. I'll give this one a B minus just because, and, and again, a B. For because it starts with B, I'm giving it because that's what I'm doing in the sixth round. Tony, what say you, bro? Yeah, I give it a C, and it's really not anything that he could have done to change it. It's really just like you said, special teams guy. Bring a linebacker in that's going to be able to fill all you know on the phases that are important. You know, special teams important, and you want to draft a guy that's got some athletic ability, be able to fly down there and punt, kick off, kick return, whatever the case may be. So, um, and also, who know? Like you said, Damon Clark. This could have been a role early on he could have taken if he was healthy or whatever the case may be. He's just going to really be like the Luke Gifford type situation, and we'll kind of see how he develops. But I, I like the kid's ability, and that's the one thing I will say. I've, we kind of ragged on the Cowboys a little bit early on and throughout the weekend just about making some head scratch and plays or picks within that time frame. But they were definitely getting some guys that are big, physical, athletic. Um, you can't really get mad at what they're trying to do, and he just fits in that mold of, what they exactly were trying to accomplish this weekend Aiden yeah I don't really have much to say that y'all haven't already like let's hope he makes the roster I mean I like his upside he's athletic but at the same time with six round picks unless you're going for like like if unless they were to take like a Damone Clark in the sixth round with just like super high upside and a really low floor I'm not gonna put too much stock into this but yeah I mean you never know yeah, obviously every pick can hit, so I'm giving it a C. It's a six-round pick. I mean, all right. We'll see. So that is the Dallas Cowboys draft class, and like I said, there's been some consensus with us uh, across the board. I don't think there's been too many different, like, di like yeah, we like stayed in the same range for every guy. Like there was nobody that said A and then a C. You know what I mean? Like there was like either B's across the board, a C plus and a B minus, which is like a couple fraction points here and there. So um, very uh, even across the board. Now take everything as a whole before we get out of here. Aiden, the Dallas Cowboys, 2022 draft class. What? Mm, I'm going to give it a B minus. I think. Okay. Do you B want minus. me to expand right. on that? I'm, I'm mean, not going to yeah. ask you to, yeah. I, I, do you feel like, all right, and I'll just throw this to Tony. Tony, what's your grade? And I'll ask you both the same question. Sure. I actually did the math 
in preparation for this, I actually broke down and gave it a numerical value, and it actually came out to 80 and some change. So I'm going to say a B minus as well. I just, you know, I'm not even going to say a number. These are just actually the numbers based on what I gave them. I'm going to say B minus. I'm not trying to be overly positive. This is honestly how I view each selection. And they called Aiden the professor. <laughs> He's challenging you here. <laughs> so now I'm going to also, <laughs> believe it or not, this is going to sound crazy, but I did write it down on the paper over here. Uh, a B minus. I, I think the Dallas Cowboys as a whole addressed the needs in the beginning. They stuck to the game plan. Now, my, my question is this before we actually wrap this up. Aiden, with this draft class and with the departures of what happened to the Dallas Cowboys in the offseason and their, I guess you can call it a free agency class, a lot of noise, but there was. Are the Dallas Cowboys right now on May 1st a better team than they were when they got eliminated by the 49ers? No, I don't think they're a better team, but I mean, I wrote about this and I've talked about this before. None of the NFC teams that won their division last year got better. And you can extend that to the two wild card teams. The Eagles might have gotten better, but the other two wild card teams in the NFC didn't get better. It just you can't do much when you have low draft capital. Presumably, if you made the playoffs, you have a pretty good roster that you're paying them a good amount of money. And so I think just I think they're close to like standing pat on what they were in 2021. And considering everybody was losing their minds at the beginning of the offseason, I think standing pat is a minor victory. Tony, how do you feel about this? Nah, they're still worse in my book. I, I, I'm, I'm positive. Like I said, I'm B minus positive about the draft. I feel like they came in and did what they wanted to, but, um, the pluses and the minuses of the free agency still has a little bad taste in my mouth. I just, you know, not to have Randy Gregory here, not to have Lil Collins here, Amari Cooper not here. Like those are three key players on your team at three key positions, and to think. They did enough in the draft to change that. They're going to have to come out and show me. You know, I've had a different mindset this whole offseason where usually I've been drinking a Kool-Aid by now, but right now I'm I'm off that. I'm, I'm trying to be more pragmatic, and I'm not trying to be negative about it, but no, they're definitely not better than they were when they left uh, the field against the 49ers. All right. So I'm here to tell you that on May 1st, 2022, the Dallas Cowboys right now are better than they were when they left the 49er mm. playing field reason being the one key loss I say is going to really kind of not haunt them, but like kind of just like a uh, head scratcher is the Lyle Collins release. If you look at the last couple games of Amari Cooper's career in Dallas, it wasn't okay. And, and there's been too many times that I've seen him not not give up on plays but like just not be there not be the guy that we know he could be and i know that there's skill there and i know he's probably one of the better route runners in football but you lost amari cooper and you've added tolbert and you've added james washington i feel like that combination plus the guys we already have on this team and i know that michael gallup is going to come off to a rough start we might miss a couple weeks i think the wide receiver class is probably up the same i feel right you have one more year of a remove from injury, Dak Prescott. Last year, in his own head, he's better now. He's a lot better now mentally, right? That's all. That's a big, big part of this game. Um, I think the biggest, you know, one of the bigger losses on the defensive end was, in fact, Randy Gregory, right? But if you take Dorrance Armstrong and you take Dante Fowler and you take the kid we just D Williams we just drafted, I'm sorry that that right there, I'll take over Randy Gregory solo. I will. That's that's exactly where I'm at right now. 
draft class from at least from my perspective, from the first four rounds, maybe two of the fifth round picks, they're all going to be on this team next year. I, that's what I feel like. And of course, it's a crapshoot. You never know. There's injuries that happen. Who knows who's actually going to be around. But I'm here to tell you that they got meaner. They got nastier. They're not going to get punched time and they're going to take the fact that the, everybody's talking about the eagles and the giants draft a little bit more and they're going to take that personally jordan shrug i'm talking i took that personally to take it personally i think mike mccarthy is also coaching for his life this year because he is just sitting back there on a swing set just kicking it and just pumping his feet back and forth saying i'm here don't you worry i'm right down your throat like it's gonna be the kind of situation where mike mccarthy knows this is it for him with that edge and, and, and that situation in mind, I think we're sitting, I'm not saying pretty, but I think we're sitting better than we were last year. I think the gun is to our head right now. You better perform Cowboys or there's going to be a massive shakeup. And I'm talking from the top because you obviously Steven Jones and his weird quote about Zeke making too much money or something like that, or making a lot of money just surface also. And I'm sure, you know, a lot of people will cover that throughout the week, but that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And, I think it rubs Zeke the wrong way because you know he heard it. I think Zeke comes with a little bit more of a competitive edge. Everybody's writing him off as Tony Pollard is going to be the new guy and you got to get him more involved. And while I agree with that, do not sleep on again. I'm telling you guys, he was the leading rusher in the NFL through three weeks and then he got hurt. Okay, let's let's not forget that. So I'm not trying to trying to preach to everybody out there to drink the Kool-Aid, but you could just sip on it. Don't chug the damn thing. Sip on it. Do what I can't do with beer. Like beer, I can't sip. I chug. But like with this, the Kool-Aid, the Cowboys Kool-Aid, sip on it a little bit and we'll see what happens. We got a lot, right? I mean, you guys, are you guys motivated now? Did you just sip on the Kool-Aid? Mic drop. Mic drop, baby. That was nice. We could, we could blow it, wrap it with a bow. We're done here. <laughs> done, done, and done. So for Dave Sturchow, Aiden Davis, Tony Catalina, this has been another episode of the First and Ten podcast right here on the Blogging the Boys podcast network. Special shout out to Connor Livesley, by the way. Absolutely destroyed the, the coverage of this draft. So a lot of us got a lot of information from him. Shout out to RJ Ochoa for literally manning this battle station known as Blogging the Boys, the YouTube channel. Everybody that was involved, there was people like literally tweeting at us. I'm sure you guys saw it. Like, thank you so much for the coverage. Just that and the third. Like, listeners are, are the reason why we keep doing this week in and week out. Um, and the paycheck helps too. So, but in any event, we'll talk to you guys next week for another episode of the First and Ten Podcast. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.